Welcome to the Allendale Market Talk podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. We're going to hit uh, a few different things about the uh, the November WASDE report and look out towards the January report uh, today, Mike. I think we need to kind of rein some people in because there were some changes that were made that started getting people a little bit bullish. Uh, let's let's talk about the corn specifically here. Yeah, definitely. So as, as we were talking about last week and why it was irresponsible to cut that uh, – carry out below that 1.7 well it went to show uh we had the 1.9 but the thing you're talking about is this corn yield dropping a 167 now that we saw it cut a little bit you're getting everyone to start coming right back out of the woodwork well now that they cut it to 167 now they just have to cut it back down to 160 on the january report which at this point no, they don't really don't. And I think you actually went into some research about it. What did you find? Well, what what we were talking about uh, with Rich is when we have other years where we have these late harvested uh, acres, um, we had four of them that were similar. So 1985, 92, 08, and 09. All of those saw late plant uh, late harvest going t- from anywhere from I think 52% uh, complete uh, this this week of the uh, of the year, which is week 44, through uh, I think as low as maybe 25% complete. So way behind where we should be. I mean, at this point in the year, we should be closer to 75 to 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be getting close to wrapping things up. A lot of people should. You go and you drive around, you don't see you you don't see that as the case this year. So what what Rich was showing us, and, and what I thought was interesting is that. Each of those years, the the logic would tell you that when you're that far behind, you're going to lose yield, whether it's drop loss uh, or you know things things dry out too much or or whatever. We saw an increase in yield every single one of those years. Go back to the numbers: 85, 92, 08, and 09. There was an average of an increase from November, from the November report to the January report, of 1.5 bushels per acre. That's basically what they just took off on this report. Mm-hmm. So, the other thing is, and one of the things, and I actually mentioned this to some of my clients, and I thought it was, and that the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, they don't have to make this change either. But they didn't make a change on harvested acres. You notice that on. Right. They came out with their their resurvey of the northern plains after the snowstorm in in October, and they didn't find any change to those harvested acres up there. That's another thing that everybody wants to point to. Wow, there, we we still have all this problem, all these problems out there. USDA just went back and resurveyed it, and they said no, we don't have that issue. So looking at the data for that, we actually saw. And another increase in harvested acres from the November report to the January report, which is something that's a little bit counterintuitive too. But it's not just a minor increase. I mean, it's about 300,000 acres. Mm -hmm. So people are thinking that we're going to see a million or two million or three million acre decrease. It's not going to happen. And that's, that's the tough part about this thing is that you know, everybody says you know, we're looking, we're waiting for them to, to correct everything on the January report. History shows they're not going to do it. Uh, I also remember looking back at what Rich was telling us was about the November revisions being normally the lowest. Yeah. When they go back on, well, you got your revisions obviously every month, but then you also got the 
uh, one year out revisions, and then you got the five year out revisions. Right. And looking over those, November usually is the smallest crop during the revision cycle. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's also something to be mindful of going forward, especially with those numbers you just threw at us. Is maybe we are continuing to look for USDA to really come in here and finally fix this problem because there's no way that something's out there and well maybe USDA doesn't do it yeah and and if you look at what what they did from October to November I mean in the last 20 years we've had 10 years of higher yields from October to November 10 years of lower okay most of the time when they increase it they increase it anywhere from about a half a bushel to two and a half bushels mm-hmm this on years where they decrease it, they decrease it from anywhere from I think the lowest in the last twenty years was 0.1 percent to uh, lower to point 1.5 percent. This year we lowered it by 0.8 percent. We're smack in the middle of that of that range. So they did the right thing. They did exactly what they normally would do. And the problem is, we already saw the big decrease in this in this thing. Going from 176 down to 166 in June, that was the one. We're not going to see that again. Mm-hmm. We could go back to 166, but I, my money's on the same or higher. And I've I've said it, you know, months ago. I I was in the 170 camp. I just don't believe that they they're going to make those changes lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that's something that plays into it is just how these markets used to trade when mm-hmm. we had those 80s here, the 90s. We would have year-long rallies, mm-hmm. and it's something that now sitting here with a six-week rally for this summer, and again, six actually it was a six-week rally from the low to this recent 402 high, but it's something that leaves a lot of people scratching their heads, like, why don't we see this year-long rally anymore? And I think that's something else that needs to be touched-based here, because a- after, what was it, 06, this market demeanor really changed. Well, and you, you've you've seen nothing but increases in in production for the last, you know, five, ten, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we're going to be down on production this year uh, slightly, but you're you're talking about. That's why you can't get away from, or you can't see these these year rallies anymore. Your rallies are going to be sustained from basically maybe mid planting to. Maybe a week or two on either side of pollination for corn. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's always that what if factor. You know, is the, is it too dry, or is it uh, you know is are we gonna get any uh, any rain? It looks like there's rain in the forecast, but oh, it, it missed. Um, and that's gonna kind of keep a keep a handle on things. And you know, we always get a little bit more bullish than we should. Uh, and we, you know, it's 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 our nature to be to want to be optimistic, but it's it's tough when you look at these things and you see what did we really do? Well, we had a heck of a rally from mid May to mid to late June, mm-hmm. and then it was okay. We've got a uh, they're wrong. They're wrong. Everybody, and then you know. The pullback down to what, like four, four twenty and a half. Four twenty and a half was everybody's indication of, okay, this market's got enough support underneath it. We should just we should stay ragingly bullish, and almost nothing we've seen from the USDA indicates that's the case. Mm-hmm. And going forward, 
you probably can't make that assumption going into the January report. We're not even going to talk about December because they never make changes on that report anyway. Right. It's just kind of a punt report to the next one. But, yeah, it just goes to show that every th- all the variables are so much different. you got the genetics and the seeds that's different. The machinery is different. How we trade is different. Mm-hmm. It's all computerized. So data gets plugged in the gets plugged in and it gets moving quickly. Yeah, you price things in well and you price things out very quickly as well. And one of the things that you know the people uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the USDA released their their baseline numbers mm-hmm. and looking at those things, and those are m- nothing more than bean counters saying, well, you know, go, looking at the the trends and this is what we should be doing and this is where we should be going. These numbers don't really mean anything. They just give us an idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at 94, 95 million acres on, on corn. You're looking at an average uh, farm price of 340. Mm-hmm. If, and this is a big if, those numbers are anywhere near accurate because let's face it, at three dollars and seventy five cents or three eighty or wherever we're at in December corn right now, there's no reason for us to go back out and plant ninety five million acres right so uh there's no <laughs> you would think you might see maybe the beans come up and try and buy some acres back, but corn has no reason to to plant that many acres mm-hmm. so i mean the 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 tough part is oh, oh well we're gonna see you know we're gonna see ninety five million acres you should be should be bearish, but nobody wants to say that because, well, let's face it, I haven't made my decisions on what I'm going to plant next year yet. Right. I mean, yeah, most of the crop's not out of the ground yet, so I still right. have to deal with that problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, here's something that uh, is is brand new, and this is something that uh, you and I were listening to uh, quite a bit today, is the president uh, was speaking in, in New York today, um, and let's just go through some of the highlights of uh, of what he has had to say because – Let's face it, we're just, all we're doing right now, especially at this time of the year, is we're clamoring, wanting to get some information about how trade is going or, or how the trade talks are going. Mm-hmm. What did uh, what did he uh, supply us with today? Well, it was basically campaign pe- or speech and had mostly nothing new with China. The only real new topic that came about was that if there's no deal that gets done, we'll add a substantial amount of tariffs. And even that I don't think is new. I it's mean, not we've all really kind of felt new. like that was going to be the case anyway, right? Yeah, it's not so much new in idea as much as in just the, the phrase. It's a different order of words as opposed to our normal, well, we'll get a deal done if it's good, uh, things are going along smoothly, Yada, 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 which we just hear the same headline yeah. over and over and over again. You really have to check the date because you, I mean, you could have pulled these from plenty of times in the past. Well, and that, that begs the question is, I mean, if he didn't say anything, why were we, why were we getting so hyped up about it? Because I, I heard about this yesterday that he was going to speak and he was going to talk about trade. Why, why was it such a big event? I mean, it was on all the the news channels. It was... I mean, it was everywhere, and yet he didn't say anything. Why? Why do you think the the White House was just playing it up to get him some airtime for his campaign, or or what? Because all he did was just list his resume. Yeah, that was a little bit to do with it. But other than that, from the trade side, from everyone wanting to know more about what's going on with this China deal, it's a lot of we need this information. We were going to have an APEC meeting this Friday which we no longer have. And, th- and then we were told that since it was canceled, 
we're going to get a date that we're going to sit down and sign a deal, but that hasn't come about. Mm-hmm. And we are right upon the, the date that we originally were supposed to sit down and sign a deal. So if everything was ahead of schedule, if everything's going well, why don't we have that information yet? So it's more of Trey just basically on our hands and knees saying, please give us some solid information we can work with because everyone, and I mean everyone, is in the dark when it comes to this. Well, and if you look at at the way the markets were responding to the president today, normally if he's going to say something positive about trade or even even in his you know his group uh, that comes out the Lighthizer or Kudlow or whoever comes out and says something about trade we see markets re- uh, react to that we see rallies that to, that get started on positive conversation mm-hmm. today just kind of felt different watching the Dow watching you know gold and silver or or you know the the one for us is watching the beans nothing happened mm-hmm. you know it's tough to tough to get excited about it you see you know you have some people pointing out well wheat and and corn were uh, were making new highs or you had the the hogs were were making new highs at the time but i mean hogs are just kind of i don't think they were reacting to the president today or neither was the wheat i mean wh- how often do we talk about wheat when it comes to china mm-hmm. he did say a little bit about japan which could be maybe linked to wheat but at this point, it, it wasn't anything positive. It was saying that, oh, we have a phase one agreed to, but we still have to talk about how they're going to purchase ag products and all of that. So there wasn't really anything super beneficial that wheat should have been up 13, 14, 15 cents on. What did come out earlier was about uh, the French wheat crop actually getting uh, lower. They were trimming their estimates. So that could have had to do something with it. But yeah. I mean, that wheat market was already rallying before he even right. stepped on stage. Well, and I think there's still concerns over the U.S. Uh, wheat production for, for next year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it You know, obviously, there's still uh, – we were at, I think, 100-year lows for uh, for wheat acres planted in, in Kansas this year. I think that's kind of the same course that they're on again for this year. So you are seeing production numbers come down. You saw the carryout number. Uh, down slightly on uh, Friday's report. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying that wheat's going to be on this magical mystery ride to, you know, to $8 or $9, but uh, it sounds like things are, are turning positive in the world of supply and demand, or maybe the supply side of things, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the demand, because if you look at the way that we've been shipping, we're just kind of at or just above where we need to be for, for wheat. We're not blowing the doors off of the, the export markets right now. Right. Yeah, and wheat's just kind of been a really background noise this whole past year. I mean, last year at the beginning of the year, it was definitely not the background story. We were dropping like a rock in there. But ever since we got everyone basically flushed out of that market, it's just kind of been bouncing around here doing nothing. Mm-hmm. and. Now we see we, every once in a while you'll see a twenty cent up day or something along those lines that seem to come out of nowhere, but the next day the, it usually gets taken pretty much right back out of the market. So it's been right. just a really yeah. Let it let it run its course for a day or two, and then you know it, it'll sell off uh, before too long. I mean that's the that's been the the mo for for wheat for a while and you're looking at the corn market you couldn't couldn't say much different about that we had our rally uh this uh, fall or this uh, this spring and, and early part of the summer we had a secondary rally that just took us back up to four dollars but then before too long i mean shoot we were 
30 cents off that uh, off mm-hmm. those highs and it didn't take long to get there it took mm-hmm. what two three weeks to get there yeah and now we're just kind of we're at the point that we're just dealing with that commercial role mm-hmm. yeah it, you're, you're it, moving from the december contracts yeah and it's accounted for about 70 percent of the daily volume of every day so far this week and it, it, it looks nice i like everyone likes to see four cents higher but it doesn't really mean much of anything, especially when we're moving sideways. Mm. If we're back down towards the lower end of 370s tomorrow, it still could be that roll. You still see that March, uh, the D smart spread sitting at about eight cents under, and you're, you're just going to allow that roll. You probably expect that to wind back out next week when you got the other side of things. Besides the shorts rolling into March, you'll see the longs rolling, and uh, you'll see that start to widen out. But well, let's let's look out towards that uh, January report uh, real quick, and let's get you to uh, to get your crystal ball out. All right, corn uh, right now is, and we'll we'll have to talk about uh, the March contract uh, here. But uh, um, between now and say uh, between now and and let's say that January report, mm-hmm. corn is sitting at three eighty six ish, three eighty five. Mm-hmm. Where does where does March corn go uh, over the next two months? Over the next two months, I wouldn't be too surprised to see corn go down into that low 370s level, once, especially once this D's contract goes off the board just to match it. Um, seasonally, we do get a 10, 15, 20 cent correct, correction during the winter month going into the beginning of December. Uh, so, honestly, you might just see it chop around this 385 level, which is fair economic so value. range bound 10, 15 cents on either side. Yeah. So you might see it jump up a little bit or go down a little bit to begin with a little bit more uh, before correcting its way a little bit higher, but then expect some real seasonal, just wintertime trade, um, probably bounce around the low 380s there for a while. Might run it up into that January report with everyone expecting it to be something super bullish, but sure. like we just said, if it, if we come out with a 1.934 carryout and they bump yields up a little bit, especially if they go ahead and cut uh, demand again, um, you'll see trade disappointed. Okay. And be careful of an overreaction. Okay. Beans are uh, sitting, uh, let's call it January beans that will be uh, trading, but uh, January beans were sitting about, uh, what, 917-ish today? Mm-hmm. Just below um, 200 day. Where do, you see, uh, where do you see beans going between now and uh and the january report and let's uh let's have you go uh if we get a deal done and if we don't get a deal done if we get a deal done i could see these jan beans getting back up towards the 940 area uh that's where we were bouncing around before we took this recent drop uh maybe even a little higher you get that optimism we've been just in the doldrums for so long uh you, you could probably see this work its way up towards that 970 level which was our high last year but more likely, without a deal, um, we just got a second close below that 200-day moving average, which opens that the doors up to some lower trade. All year, our midpoint has been the 890 level, so I wouldn't be too surprised to see this return to 890. And if you're looking from a pure technical, I think this spring, potentially, um, yeah, especially if things start going south, uh, 850 is not totally out of the picture. You could see this truncate down there with the uh, lows from last year and work its way higher off of that if we do continue to chip away at this. But if we do get on that 850, it would be great, great opportunity to be looking at real ownership. So what this tells me 
and we're not we're not overly we're not bullish about anything at this point. Can't I don't know that we can get bullish. Those numbers for for beans at four seventy five are not terrible, but they're not they're not where they should be. Um, I mean, this just kind of reinforces that when the Allendale Conference comes around, and this is going to be a shameless plug, but when the Allendale Conference comes around in January, we absolutely need to be paying attention to that to get some ideas of how we need to get some protection on for either the crop that's in the bin or what we're going to be planting next spring because mm-hmm. it doesn't sound to me, and, I, and I've kind of had the same feelings that you have, it doesn't sound to me like there's a ton of upside in either of these markets. There might be some upside to get us maybe back to the $10 level in uh, next year's crop for, for beans or maybe up to the 420, 430 area for corn, but those mm-hmm. are just normal areas that we kind of strive to hit anyway. Mm-hmm. There's nothing out there that says right now we need to see significantly higher prices. Now, obviously, you could throw that all out the window if something drastic happens with South America. Mm-hmm. But for right now, it's rallies need to be sold, and it's it's cash. It's not just that, hey, call your broker and get some hedges on. It's let's start paying attention to cash, and let's start paying attention to where cash is at for next year. Yeah, and also have that game plan in place. Don't be looking for, especially if you're selling cash and you're reowning on dips, don't get overexcited for a 20, 30, 40 cent move. Look for your extra dime in that market. Look to add some add some premium to the crop you just sold. Don't look to be hitting the jackpot, but look to just add little increments on yeah. once in a while. Yeah, um, let's uh, hit a few singles uh, and we're not looking for the home run. Right. And again, going back to the conference in January, it's definitely going to be something that needs to be paid attention to because right now there's a lot of what ifs. What if we get a trend deal? What if we don't? Well, we'll know those what ifs with that January report. So we're going to have a lot more concrete, solid uh, evidence. So if you guys have any questions about what's been going on today uh, or any questions about the markets, please feel free to give us a call 800 262 7538. For Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung, Craig McBride. You guys have a great one.